Bugjargal by Victor Hugo, Chapter 34 It is your turn now, said the general, turning to the last of the prisoners, the planter who was accused by the white men of being a mulatto, and who had, on that account, sent me a challenge. A general clamor drowned the planter's reply. Muerte, muerte, death, tuye, tuye, cried the negroes, grinding their teeth and shaking their fists at the unhappy captive. General, said a mulatto, making himself heard above the uproar, he is a white man, and he must die. The poor planter, by cries and gestures, was able at last to get a hearing. No, no, general, no, my brothers, I am not a white man. It is infamous calumny. I am a mulatto of mixed blood, son of a negress like your mother and sisters. He lies, cried the infuriated negroes. He is a white man. He has always detested blacks and colored people. Never, retorted the prisoner. It is the whites that I detest. I am one of your brothers. I have always said with you, the negroes are the masters. The whites are the slaves. Not at all, cried the crowd. Not at all. Kill the white man. Kill the white man. Still the unhappy wretch kept repeating in heart-rending accents, I am a mulatto. I am one of yourselves. Give me a proof, was Biasu's sole reply. A proof, answered the prisoner wildly. A proof is that the whites have always despised me. That may be true, returned Biasu, but you are an insolent hound to tell us so. A young mulatto stepped to the front and addressed the planner in an excited manner. The whites justly despised you, but, on the other hand, you affected to look down upon the mulattoes, amongst whom they classed you. It has even been reported that you once challenged a white man who called you a half-caste. A howl of execration arose from the crowd, and the cry of death was repeated more loudly than ever, whilst the planter, casting at me a look of disappointment and prayer, continued with tears in his eyes. It is a calumny. My greatest glory and happiness is in belonging to the blacks. I am a mulatto. If you really were a mulatto, observed Rigaud quietly, you would not make use of that hated expression. Alas, how do I know what I am saying? asked the panic-stricken wretch. General, the proof that I am of mixed blood is in the black circle that you see round the bottom of my nails. Biasu thrust aside the suppliant hand. I do not possess the knowledge of our chaplain, who can tell what a man is by looking at his hand. But listen to me. My soldiers accuse you, some of being a white man, others of being a false brother. If this is the case, you ought to die. You, on the other hand, assert that you belong to our race, and that you have never denied it. There remains with you one method by which you can prove your assertions and save yourself. What, General, what? demanded the planter with eagerness. I am ready. Here, said Biasu coldly, take this dagger and stab these two white prisoners. As he spoke, he designated us with a look and with a wave of his hand. The planter drew back from the dagger which, with a devilish smile on his face, Biasu presented to him. 
"'What?' said the general. "'Do you hesitate? "'It is your only chance of proving your assertion to the army "'that you are not a white and are one of ourselves. "'Come, decide at once. "'You have no time to lose.' "'The prisoner's eyes glared wildly. "'He stretched out his hand towards the dagger "'and let his arm fall again, "'and stopped to turn away his head. "'Every limb quivered with emotion. "'Come!' "'Come!' cried Biasu, in tones of impatience and anger. "'I am in a hurry. Make your choice. Either kill them or die with them.' The planter remained motionless, as if he had been turned to stone. "'Good,' said Biasu, turning towards the Negroes. "'He does not wish to be the executioner. Let him be the victim. I can see that he is nothing but a white man. Away with him, you others!' the Negroes advanced to seize the planter. This movement impelled him to immediately choose between giving or receiving death. Extreme cowardice produces also courage. He snatched the dagger that Biasu still held out to him, and without giving himself time to reflect on what he was about to do, he precipitated himself like a tiger upon Citizen C, who was lying on the ground near me. Then a terrible struggle commenced. The lover of the Negro race, who had, at the conclusion of his interview with Biasu, remained plunged in a state of despair and stupor, had noticed the scene between the general and the planter with fixed gaze, and so absorbed was he in the thought of his approaching death that he had not appeared to comprehend it. But when he saw the man rush upon him and the steel gleam above his head, the imminence of his danger aroused him at once." He started to his feet, grasped the arm of his would-be murderer, and exclaimed in a voice of terror, "'Pardon! Pardon! What are you doing? What have I done?' "'You must die, sir,' said the half-caste, fixing his frenzied eyes upon his victim, and endeavoring to disengage his arm. "'Let me do it. I will not hurt you.' "'Die by your hand,' cried the economist. "'But why? Spare me!' You wish perhaps to kill me because I used to say that you were a mulatto, but spare my life, and I vow that I will always declare that you are a white man. Yes, you are white, I will say so everywhere, but spare me. The unfortunate man had taken the wrong method of suing for mercy. Silence, silence, cried the half-caste furiously, and fearing the negroes would hear the assertion. But the other cried louder than ever, without listening to him, that he knew that he was a white man and of good family. The half-caste made a last effort to impose silence on him. He thrust aside his arms and pressed the dagger upon C's breast. The unhappy man felt the point of the weapon and in his rage bit the arm which held it. Monster! Wretch! You are murdering me! He cast a glance of supplication towards Biasu. Defend me, avenger of humanity! but the murderer pressed more heavily on the dagger. A gush of blood bubbled over his fingers and spattered his face. The knees of the unhappy lover of the Negro race bent beneath him. His arms fell by his side, his eyes closed, and he uttered a stifled groan. Then he fell dead.